everyone, and welcome to Minute 37 of Season 4 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com, One Harry Met Sally, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today, after finishing all of her birthday festivities uh, yesterday, I hope, I hope, hopefully she's, she's uh, you know, still, still with us and not... Uh, completely uh you know bombed out of her brains uh is lisa Leahy of rabbit hole podcast welcome back lisa i i need you i need you to to lower your voice rob it's <laughs> I, i'm still recovering you're, you're just a little too loud for me i just i'm doing okay but i think i'll i think i'll make it through all right all right well we'll let harry and sally help you out a little bit okay okay so minute 37 begins with harry uh, trying to be truthful to himself, and ends with a split screen of Casablanca. So I yesterday we split screen. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we, we'll get there. We'll get there. So yesterday we ended things with with Harry, uh, you know, playing a game of throwing cards into into a hat, and uh, you know th- this minute actually continues with him doing it. But the one thing I like is is that the the minute begins with the close up and then. After two seconds, we get a wide, wide shot where we see that this apartment is this humongous New York apartment that only characters in movies and TV shows can afford, you know, and <laughs> it's completely empty. You know, it's yes. like you're, they always talk about that about Friends and Seinfeld, you know, how they can, how, you know, Seinfeld maybe, but Friends, how can any of them afford to be living in those apartments that they're living in? But who knows? That's the fun totally. of it. Totally. I mean, I think political <laughs> consulting pays really well. Uh, probably. <laughs> but he probably should get some furniture. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, he, it pays for the space. It doesn't pay for the furnishing. Right. That's true. But, uh, you know, ah, you're saying he, he no longer has money for the furnishing because he's paying for the no. space. You got it. That could be true. Because, you know, Helen Hilson, the, the lawyer, you know, maybe that was their deal. He paid for the apartment and she paid for the furniture. And <laughs> that's then, a good and idea. Then, it's a good and then when and then when Mr. Zero showed up, they they took all the uh, furniture and just left him with with one lounge chair and uh, I don't know what that oh it's like a little table which which has a uh, boombox on it. You know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and so uh, one of the things that Harry was talking about at the end of yesterday was he he was asking Sally if she has trouble sleeping because he has trouble sleeping. And then he goes, I really miss Helen. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm coming down with something. You know, which, you know, he's... One of those 24-hour tumors. Yes. Do you, do you think he's... No, well, he hasn't had the tumor yet. First thing he says is that, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, he said, last night I was up at four in the morning watching Leave it to Beaver in Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, buenos dias. Buenos dias. Uh, buenos dias. Uh, uh, Senorita uh, Cleaver, or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Senora Cleaver? Senor Cleaver? I don't remember. Senora. Ah, okay. Buenos dias, uh, Senor, Senora Cleaver. Donde, donde esta uh, Wallace and Theodore? Which, 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 to me, you know, the fact that Tony Dow passed away six months ago, you know, and oh. and and we also know that uh, actually more than six months ago at this point, and you know the the I'm trying to remember the actors name who played Eddie Haskell also passed away. You know, I'm not gonna know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember his name at this point. Um, I, I I used to know it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. If you said it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that guy. But I don't remember it. It's not a show I grew up with. So. Really. 
No, I didn't grow up with that one. Not the reruns or anything. It wasn't in my well. I, well, I didn't. I didn't grow up with with the with the shows in the fifties. That that's for sure. Not well, no, but like reruns and stuff. I didn't watch those. I didn't. I I ah. grew up so. My Nick, the Nick at Night shows I watched most were um, Donna Reed and Green Acres. Uh-huh. Okay. And my That's brother right. watched um, Get Smart and Car 54, Where Are You? Leave it to Beaver never appealed to me for whatever reason. And I never really watched The Brady Bunch either. That was another one with this big with my friends, but I, it wasn't my thing. Oh, okay. No, I, Brady Bunch, I, 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 one of my favorite trivia facts of Brady Bunch is, is that uh, one of the final episodes aired on the day I was born. <laughs> Look at you shutting down the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We don't need this anymore. Yeah. Rob is here. Rob is born. We don't need Brady Bunch. There you go. <laughs> All right, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, right. So his name was Ken Osmond. He he passed away in 2020. Oh. Uh, he pl- he played Eddie Haskell. Got it. That name does not ring a bell. So really, don't know what I'm talking there you go. about. No, because I I remember in the in the 80s they had on right when the Disney Channel show uh, started they had mm-hmm. a a uh, uh, what you know a resurgence of of Leave the Beaver by by having a, a new show called Still the Beaver you know where there where nope. Beaver and Wally were grown up you know Ugh, they had their own kids yeah but but it's I hate with the way they do it now because now yeah they don't work they don't work but but then it was fun to see those characters because again I grew up at the same time watching these characters you know from the fifties and then wow in the eighties you have them you know as parents themselves so that was that was fun to 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 take a look at those shows probably if I were to watch them now they wouldn't be as as enjoyable as they were no. back back when I was a kid but who knows. So while he's he while we get this voiceover, the the shot changes and we see Harry sitting on his couch, right? And he's reading a book. Okay, Stephen King's Misery. Mm-hmm. Um, next to him we see a uh, uh, a, a tissue box, Pepto Bismol, uh, a glass of orange juice, uh, some medication. You know, I can't really make out what that, what it, what medication it is or anything like that. <laughs> Um, then he has a surprise. There's only one. Correct. That's true. Also. <laughs> so first of all, one of the bits of, of trivia about the fact that he's reading misery is misery. Okay. Misery is the next movie that Rob Reiner, uh, directed mm-hmm. after this one. I mean, you're familiar yep. with Rob Reiner's work on, uh, with, with Stephen King from stand by me. Yes, absolutely. You know, not, not just, yes. uh, you know, not just misery. You know, mis- no, misery has not. company. I guess <laughs> it oh oh it does. It, you haven't mentioned the most appalling part of this moment is that he you know he mentions this that this is a thing he does, but yeah. God help me, he flips to the end of the book and reads the last page. That is correct. Oh, that is correct. Like crimes against reading. Like oh, don't. I, do that. Well, I got to tell you, and I've I've mentioned this before. I mentioned it, uh, you know, the week when when he talked about the fact that that's what he does. You know that that. You know, if I were to take any book that I would read, reading the last page doesn't really help you because it's usually summing up things, but you don't know who the characters are, you know? Yeah, but it, it, I mean, the stories that I like best have a kick to them. I don't want to know what's on the next page, let alone what's at the end. I understand that, but like, how much I are you going to understand? Covered- My point is how much are you going to understand about what happens at the end if you haven't read the whole, you know, 200 pages know. beforehand? That's my I can't point. do it because they're going to be talking about they're going to be talking about characters that that you're not familiar with. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. There's a logic to it, but uh, oh, I just can't do it. Yeah. Okay, I, I understand. I understand. Yes, he starts reading. <laughs> he 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 starts reading, and then he flips to the, the the last page, and we also see a picture of Stephen King in in the back, uh, on the oh, back cover. Love. Okay. Um, so, what do you know about Stephen King? What do I know about Stephen King? I know he's my favorite author. Okay. Um, I know that I love him dearly, and it's it's I will be panicked when he gives up writing. The irony in that is that I'm way behind on his current books. Um, I can also tell you that as a horror fan, I certainly do not wish this on the man, but his books were more impactful and were far scarier when he was on the alcohol and the drugs. Um, <laughs> my favorites of his are the ones when the man was was on far too many substances. To be What's your favorite Stephen King uh, novel? My favorite is The Shining, followed very closely by Needful Things. Okay, I love um, Needful Things. Painfully, I think it's so underrated. It never comes up in everybody's favorites. So I love that you love it. I love Needful um, Things because because it so takes good. because well partially because I'm a big big fan of of the body slash uh, Stand by Me mm -hmm. and they bring Ace Merrill back, you know, and like just the way the story goes is just unbelievable. They they had a really uh, poorly done. Uh, TV movie about needful things that just didn't work, and they didn't even have Ace, Ace Merrill in it. Uh, you mean the Max von Sydow version? Yes, that was a oh, TV. sorry, that sorry, was, sorry, um, that wasn't a TV. Wait, what, you sure it was a movie? Yes, that was that was a major release. Um, that I like that movie quite a bit, actually. Um, no, the TV no, but I don't like it. I don't like it because of the fact of how much they cut out from oh, but that's every stephen king book yeah. i mean this these are the days before harry potter when you know kitten squisher kinds of books got two movies right. you know like you didn't get that back then unless it was a mini series which is how you know needful things wasn't a mini series because it was what um like four and a half hours long and then you have salem's lot which was like three and a half hours long which actually came before right. it it came out in 1990 and then you have like tommy knockers you have um the the remake of The Shining in March 97, which right. I adore mm -hmm. and I will die on this hill. Um, and The Stand, which was like six and a half hours long, that thing ran over four hours. So if, if Needful Things was going to be one of those, okay. you so, know, like so, The Langoliers okay. and some of those others, those were all on TV. Right. The Langoliers was, was, was a great book. I didn't like the movie, even though it had Dean Stockwell in it. I'm a big fan of yeah, the Yeah, I didn't like book. the movie either. I thought it was crap. Right. But so Needful Things, uh, the, 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 the version that was released in the theater, I did not like. Mm -hmm. But I've seen yeah. the extended edition, which is, which is over three hours. They have a three, they have a 187 minute version. Um, that, that, that gives you so much more about the characters. Um, yes. And that, so, so that version I like better. Um, I saw it a few years ago again, uh, and and I actually gave it a, a a rating of eight out of ten, you know, four to five, because uh, I really enjoyed the way it is, even though the book is still better, because you know the book is almost always better. Like I have a few books, well, not Stephen King necessarily. But no, but I have Stephen King things. That's the thing. You have like Stand by Me and Shawshank. Uh, obviously, both of them from different seasons. That yeah. they are both uh, the movie and the book are amazing just as good that's right so is the green mile yes correct and the myth no the green you know what the green mile the green mile i gotta say i like the movie better because really because the thing i don't like about the book is the way that it, it 
you know, it recaps because it was originally uh, uh, done as six separate uh, mini, yeah. mini stories. So yep. the first few pages of each of them is recapping what happened in the last one. I didn't like the way that they did that. That I found that just to be, you know, because when you read it in order, you know, it's rehashing what you just read. See, I, I, and it's funny that you mentioned that because when that was happening, I held off. I said, I do not believe for a second that they're not eventually going to release a single version of this with everything in one place. So I waited. And so I read it in one shot. I didn't do that because there's no, I hate that cliffhanger thing. I don't want to wait right. months for things, which is why I don't like when two, when one book is split into two movies, that Harry Potter effect. I hate that because I won't watch the first movie. I will now wait, watch the first movie, and then go see the second movie in the theater immediately. Right. Okay. That, that's fair. I understand that. That, 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 that makes but sense. But The Mist is another one that was super, super good. Like the, the right on par with but, the book. But that's also Frank Darabont. You know, there you go. Then, he's good at what he does you know, he's good at what he does that's right um yeah so uh my my favorite um I, I i you know what between those two movies i can't even say which is my favorite stephen king whether whether i like uh stand by me or shawshank better they're they're both great and the green mile is is yeah, right behind so them you know so so good. you know i can sit and watch the and green mile for three story. hours without any problems you know there's that it's that wonderful story of like um that who was it that old woman talking to to Stephen King and saying how she doesn't like that horror why can't you write something nice like that Shawshank Redemption movie <laughs> you know, like not having the faintest idea who he is yeah I actually saw so, Shawshank in the theater not remembering that I had not realizing that I had read read it already oh cool yeah oh see that's neat because like uh, no I had I had read it a few years earlier. And never made yeah. the connection. And then, you know, the friend said, oh, let's go see this movie, Shawshank Redemption. I was like, okay. You know, because the book is Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption. And, the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and I never yeah, I used to teach that book. And I never made a connection between them. And we're sitting, I'm sitting in the movie and I'm watching it and I'm going, wait a second. <laughs> I know what's going to happen here. I remember this. This guy, you know. Red, sounds real familiar. Exactly. So... Yeah, I've t I've taught I, I have a film elective that I go through and I teach Shawshank Redemption for uh, cinematography. Um, yeah, like Stephen King just permeates my world okay. very much. What That's we fair. do. My That's husband's fair. a big fan. So have you have you Always. been to his house in Bangor? I have. I have. We did a tour um, with a guy who's kind of like he purports to be like the only authentic one that like he's friends with the Kings and blah, blah, blah. And so we pile into his little van and I'm this nerd sitting there taking notes on every single thing he says. Um, and he told us when he brought us to, to their house that, you know, sometimes he's there and he comes out to see people. And I went into this weird Schrodinger's panic of, I don't know whether I do want him to come out or whether I don't, because if I ever meet this individual, I've never met Stephen King. If I ever meet him, I don't know that I'll be able to talk. I'll just become a blathering idiot. <laughs> So I, guess, so he I guess he wasn't home. Out. He wasn't home. He wasn't home that day. But did but you go inside? Like I went Were you allowed to go? You didn't no. Oh. Right. No. So so I have a brother that lives in Bangor. And when I was in the States uh, back in the summer, so I, I drove from New Jersey to, to Maine to go visit my brother for just overnight. You know, I drove eight hours each way, you know, just, just, to, just to go see him. And he took me to Stephen King's house. And we stood outside and took some pictures and stuff like that. You know, like when, when my brother wanted me to come visit, when, when I was talking about that, I was going to come visit him. I said, well, maybe, wait a second, maybe I won't come because I've read about too many crazy things that happened in Maine, you know, 
but Mains of Madison. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. Oh, though. it was. It was. It was great. New England. See, the thing is, it's New England. It's not Maine. It's New England that's a mess. I'm going to cop to that. Okay, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, my some of my other favorite uh, Stephen King uh, novels are uh, or stories. I, I love uh, Rage and The Long Walk, mm. which are from the Bachman. The book. Long Walk. I can't believe The Long Walk isn't a movie yet. I know there's rumors that it's happening. There's been rumors for years. But how the hell has that movie never happened? There's been rumors for years. It's the simplest thing. I don't know why they haven't. This could be an easy, low-budget movie. It could be. So could Rage. I'm amazed. So could Rage, because Rage basically all takes place. They won't make Rage. Nowadays, for sure they won't. Right. Now they won't. (laughs) They won't publish it anymore. He pulled that. Oh, seriously? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He doesn't publish. You can't get that in a new edition of the Bachman books. You have to get a used version, because he pulled that after Columbine. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So do you know what his full name is? Stephen King? Yes. What's his middle name? I don't remember. Edwin. Stephen Edwin King. I might have known. And when, I, I know I've read like biographies and stuff. Okay. And when was he born? Don't know. 1947, September 21st. Okay. Oh, that's right, because he shares a birthday with Bill Murray. Ah, they were born on the same day. Uh, were they actually born on the same day? Um, I don't know. I know he shares the date because I post, you know, happy birthday to the two men that if I had met them. I would become a blathering idiot because Bill Murray's another one for me. Hmm, interesting. Um, and all my Comic-Con experience, like I don't need – I I would love for Rhode Island Comic-Con to get Stephen King. They'll never get Bill Murray. But, oh, my God, if they ever got Stephen King, I'd be an idiot. No, I Bill Murray's three years younger. He was born in 1950. Okay. Gotcha. And my husband, speaking of Chicago, my husband went to the same high school that Bill Murray went to. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So he's he's known as the king of horror. Yes. Um, which is obviously a, a, a play on his on his last name. You know, obviously. Pun very yes. much intended. Completely. <laughs> so the 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 book that uh, that that Harry is reading is Misery, which uh, mm-hmm. came out in 1987, which is which is interesting. It came out just a year before they were making they were producing this movie, basically. You know. And I read that book for the first time within the last year. Wow. And But, but I'm assuming you've seen the movie before. Oh, totally. Totally. See, it's one of those books that, like, I saw, I've seen the movie. I tend more toward the supernatural. So, like, crazy people I love in a movie, but I'm not necessarily as drawn to that in a book. So, like, the experience of the movie I thought was brilliant. I also looked at this and said, how do you top Kathy Bates? The book is wonderful, but it will always be Kathy Bates first. Right. Okay. That's fair. Do you, do you know that they had a play? It, it was on Broadway for for. I went with Bruce Willis. That's I wanted right. to go. Bruce Willis and and Laurie Metcalf. I really wanted to go. Yeah, I didn't get. To yeah, go. and Laurie Metcalf actually was nominated for a Tony for for her work in the movie in the play. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So that, that and in uh, in in Finland they they have an adapted version that's also. Uh, uh, that came out in, in the play. Now, do you notice that came out in the theater? Did Did you notice here when when Harry's sitting, that there's something? Do you notice something in his mouth? Yes. Do you have like a highlighter or something? No, he has a thermometer in his mouth. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes, because remember the 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 voiceover is talking about the fact that you know that he might be coming down with something. Right. Right. Of course. 
you know, because he, because uh, to go back to the dialogue, he says, I really miss Helen. Maybe I'm coming down with something. Last night I was up at four in the morning yes. watching Leave it to Beaver in Spanish. And he goes, I'm not yes. well. And then Sally responds by saying, well, I went to bed at 7.30 last night. I haven't done that since the third grade. So then Harry says, yes. well, that's the good thing about depression. You get your rest. Sally then you goes, do. I'm not depressed. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it's a great conversation between the two of them. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, the way the way that the, the way that just flows, the way that they they do it. And and after he's you know, while he's talking about this, we have the fact of that he flips to, to look at the last page. Oh, kills me. Kills me. <laughs> right. So do you think Sally is depressed and just denying it? Or just the fact that she just felt like going to sleep early? Because she's constantly saying uh, you know, that she's over Joe. Yeah, I think I think she was just tired. Um, I I don't think she's over it. I'm sure she's got her own her own thing because it'll it'll manifest differently. Um, but I don't I don't think she's depressed. I think she's probably exhausted. There might be stuff that she's tamping down that's kind of bubbling up, and you know she's just like forget it. I need to go to sleep. Um, right. but I don't think she's depressed to the extent Harry is. Right. Well, maybe she's maybe she's exhausted from the tap dancing she's doing. You know. That's it. See, that kind of exercise, you know, it, it really it, it gets you. You know, it helps you sleep. Oh, uh, yes. Makes sense. At least it's what I'm told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but when, when you look at it, it just looks very funny the way that she's, you know, she says how tired she was. And we see her, you know, doing like a, a tap dance workout or whatever oh you would call it. It's crazy. Yep. You know, so that, that just really, really works. And. You know, and then, then Harry, it seems that Harry is trying to justify the fact that it's okay to be depressed and, and sleep. Totally. You know, but... Uh, it's okay to do that. We're going to normalize that. Yeah. And and then the, the, the shot changes once again after after she's done with her tap dancing. And it this is a great scene that I've seen this movie dozens of times, and I never paid attention to the fact that they have this little scene where we see the two of them in a Chinese restaurant. Okay, mm-hmm. where where we see Sally and she's she's coming up like right. the hand motions. She's, she's doing hand motions. She's miming to the to 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 the waiter what it is that that uh, she wants, you know. And then the the conversation changes as she's doing that. You know, the voiceover conversation where they start talking about the the bed. Uh, Harry says, uh, "Do you still sleep on the same side of the bed?" And then Sally goes, "I did for a while, but now I'm pretty much using the whole bed." Harry goes, "God, that's great." I feel weird when my leg wanders over. I miss her. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, I don't miss him. I really don't. Not even a little. Yep. You know what I miss? I miss the idea of him. Maybe I only miss the idea of Helen. Nah, I miss the whole Helen. <laughs> yep. That's a thing. I totally understand. I know what she's talking about. Missing the idea of somebody as opposed to missing that actual person. Right. Okay, that's fair. It's this, it's this, you know, it's this premise that you make of somebody like you, you fall for somebody and a lot of it is a generated idea of who that person is and you've ignored and kind of washed away any sort of negative elements. And so like the idea of this person and the idea of being with someone who knows you that well. And then when that person is gone, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, what am I going to do now? You know, I mean, (laughs) I had, I, yeah, I had a similar serious relationship break up and you know, like I knew I made the right decision, but for a while I was mourning 
the loss of a relationship, not necessarily that right. person. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Now, I love what Billy Crystal does in this scene uh, in the Chinese restaurant. He's just sitting there staring and and enjoying himself from the perspective that that she's driving the waiter crazy okay now i don't know if you notice this but but the the waiter at the end looks over at him for like help yep he's like nope not gonna help. and he's like no deal with it yourself i mean he's kind of delighting in this is who she is this is how she's gonna do it right you know, he's just and it's that it's a wonderful moment. You know, they they goof about get yourself someone who looks at you like. Right. Yeah. And he just he knows this is her. He accepts her as she is. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to wait until she's done. Right. And I think it's wonderful. Right. And and then the, the it, it changes again. And we see another uh, scene of the two of them. Uh, and <laughs> Sally is standing by a mailbox, putting letters in one at a time checking to make sure each of them goes in and Harry is standing yes. there and he walks back and forth. He paces back and forth a little bit, you know, and then at a certain point he just loses it, walks over to her, grabs all the letters out of her hands, puts all the letters in the mailbox at the same time and then wants them to walk away. And then she goes back and opens it once again to make sure that they She's all went it. down. And it's yes. great. It's really great the way that they Essential. do that. Yes, <laughs> I love it. And it, I mean, th- these are these are great snippets of their lives in order to to, mm-hmm. to show us, you know, that that they they're they've they've gotten to know one another really well. You know that you know it's it's a great way to show that how their friendship has has moved along, even though this isn't a very long time between the whole thing because this is all the fall. Right. You know, we saw them, you know, they, they met in in the fall and this is still the fall. We'll talk about it later in the week, you know, that, that so we're only talking a month or two, you know, of, of this, uh, you know, of this friendship that has worked that's working really well for the two of them. Yep. After they've sort of reconnected. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the last line of this minute is hearing Sally say last scene. And we we see a split screen of the two of them uh, looking at their own, each of them looking at their TV set uh, in their apartment, you know, watching uh, Casablanca, which which is I love great. a split screen. They, they do this really really well. On the commentary, they talk yes. about the fact that that uh, you know they were debating how to do it, and they decided to go with the split screen just to show yes. it to make it seem as if the two of them are basically lying in bed together because their heads are almost touching at the split screen you know the way that it it's so great the way that it's done and that that's mm-hmm. really you know it, it it really brings through the fact that that these two are kindred souls even though yes they they you know they don't they don't they don't realize it themselves you know not at this point and it'll take them a while to to finally realize it yeah still got a few minutes to go yeah. Exactly. So um, I I have nothing else for this minute. Do you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? No, I think we're good. Go for the script. Okay. So again, the script is 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 pretty similar, but they have a whole bunch of of different uh, cuts of sh- of where they're showing them. It says throughout the following, we see a series of shots showing Sally busily typing in her office, Sally shopping in Bloomingdale's, Sally tap dancing in the studio, Sally picking up groceries, Sally fixing dinner, chopping, setting table, being good to herself. 
Um, and after Sally says, I'm not depressed, so Harry says, oh, okay, fine. Oh, put on 23. It's the new talk show. <laughs> and then Sally goes, very how can you watch that? What? You don't you don't find it interesting watching naked people discussing insider trading? Sally then responds, oh, I guess my God. scope is limited. ESPN? <laughs> I'm there. And then she goes, what's the deal with arena football? Makes her sound, makes her sound like Seinfeld. What's the deal with arena football? It really does. <laughs> and Harry says, what? It's good. If it catches on, there's no telling where it could lead. Arena golf? Arena yachting? <laughs> yachting. <laughs> um, and this is Harry, Harry and Sally walking out of a movie theater um, and down the street. It's day. Mm-hmm. You know, which, again, we don't get to see them. And then they, they continue with the conversation. And then it says, uh, Chinese restaurant, Sally is going through a very detailed ordering session. The waiter is trying to keep up. Harry just stares. Harry and Sally are walking along. Sally spots a mailbox, stops, and opens her purse and pulls out a stack of mail. She proceeds to place the mail in the box one letter at a time, checking to see that each letter has safely entered the box. Harry stands impatiently waiting. And then Sally says, I found this book that gives you some really good tips on how to enjoy being alone. Like what? Like never eat standing up. Make a nice meal for yourself and sit at a table. Sounds good. As soon as I get a table, that's exactly what I'll do. Then it says, Harry's impatience with Sally's letter mailing has gotten the best of him. He impulsively grabs the remaining letters in her hand, opens the box, shoves them in, then hustles her off. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what we got for the script. Pretty good. It's pretty good. I I like some of the, the, the back and forths between them there. You know, it works. So every Tuesday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track uh, uh, Courting Dating Edition, where my guests will give some sort of story, mm. anecdote, uh, adventure, misadventure, something that happened to them over the course of life uh, that's related to either courting or dating. So, Lisa, you have a story for us? I do. Um, it, it just sort of came to mind immediately. So I guess it would be the 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 mishap, but it's... You know, for a while in my late 20s, I was spending a lot of time uh, with online dating because my friends were all married and that sort of thing. So it was a lot of time either on my own or trying to find somebody to take me on a second date. Um, a lot of, got ignored a lot online dating. So would send a lot of messages, get nothing back. But this one guy that I was chatting with who went back and forth for a while. Um, and I don't remember any other details except for the fact that he was a Yankee fan. Um, and of course I would make the joke like, all right, I guess I, I guess we can still go out at least once. I'll allow you this one thing. Um, and so we went, I was going to meet him at, I always met the person because I was paranoid enough that that's what I would do. So we're meeting at, uh, like a sports bar kind of thing. And so I went and I sat at the bar. I was just kind of hanging out, you know, just sort of having a drink and watching some baseball on TV and, this dude never showed up. <laughs> he never showed up. It's it's when I got stood up. So I was ignored constantly on um the actual dating websites themselves, but I had never agreed to meet somebody and have them not come. So, you know, you go through this whole thing with self-esteem where you think, okay, did the guy walk in, take one look at me and hightail it out of there? Or did this guy just blow me off? So regardless, but it's one of the times that I remember where I didn't leave. I ended up getting something to eat. I asked the guy to change one of the TVs to the Braves game because I'm an Atlanta fan. Um, 
even though I live in New England, it is what it is. But, um, you know, I wanted to watch the Atlanta game. And so I had my drink. I had something to eat. I didn't just leave with my tail between my legs. Um, you know, the dude was a Yankee fan anyway. He was never going to work out. But it, it's always interesting to me because, you know, you have these these mishaps in dating. And this was my my I got stood up story um, because never heard from again. I don't even think I even reached out to him to say, yo, dude, where'd you go? But um I like it because I sort of took control of it and it was nice because I wasn't always super confident in dating and still have my moments of self-esteem doubt. But um, this was a day where I was like, Oh, cool. Screw you. You're lost. I'm going to sit here and watch my baseball game and have something to eat. So okay. that's, that's my great. story. That, that's a great story. <laughs> it really is. I, I, I think you, you did a very Thank nice you. job of that. You know, like I, my philosophy when I was dating was always, you know, worse, worse, worse. I'll have a good meal. You know, that's it. You know, obviously, you know, uh, be- because of the way society looks at it, I'm paying for the meal anyway. So, you know, what can I do? <laughs> so I might as well enjoy myself. I went, I went nuts on a lot of dates. So, uh, you know, it yeah, is what exactly. it is. <laughs> we, we've all been there or many of us have, you know. True, yeah. true. All right, great. So you want to tell people how to uh, get in touch with Lisa Lee? Sure. So you can find me in the Rabbit Hole Podcasts Network. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, pretty much any podcatcher. But uh, to really find the home base, you want to go online to rabbitholepodcasts.com. Um, I am one of the co-hosts of Whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, you can catch me with Jason also on Between the Scares, which is a podcast in which we go through every film that Jason Blum and Blumhouse Productions have put out into the world. You can catch me on The Sib List, and that is all three of them found on Rabbit Hole Podcasts. And you can also catch me on the Lambcast quite a bit because uh, I just won't go away. And Richard is very kind and hasn't found a way to get rid of me. <laughs> all right. While you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be listening to the show on. Um, finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to my website, movearoundminutes.com. So until tomorrow. I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.